It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What up, Snapback fam? Welcome back to another episode of the Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, we had the honor to talk to Jay Williams. I'm not kidding. This is our best conversation ever. We've had a bunch of big guests, but Jay was so, so fun. The whole point of the pod is to make it sound like we're in your living room, just hanging out, just debating sports, hanging with your friends. And that's exactly how it felt while doing this conversation with Jay. So I hope you guys enjoy. Make sure to follow him. Be in his DMs. Tell him on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Snapback Fam, all that good stuff. But I hope you enjoy. Let us know what you think. Let's get it. Blue Wire. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. His own. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Bryant put the jumper. He oh, And the Lakers lead. Mamba out. We are honored and pleased and excited to welcome Jay Williams. Jay, how how you doing? I'm a little bit all over the place now, my guys. You know, I uh, I got this little mini Fisher poop for my daughter, so I am currently. She's 17 months old, and I'm making her run sprints in the hallway since we're <laughs> we're quarantined uh, in New York. So, yeah, we're just getting up some shots out right now, and uh, we're just kind of, I mean, I guess everything's going to stand still, right? Right. And it, it, so Jack and I, we've done a few episodes since pretty much the sports world is shut down. And obviously, this is a sports-centered podcast, and you're a sports junkie yourself. Jack and I, in the, during these times, are really struggling because we don't know what else to do with our lives. We're stuck in our apartment. We, we're naturally checking our phones for the scores. So we, as a fellow sports junkie, how are you holding up right now? Well, wait, can I ask you guys a question first off? Are both of you guys single or do you have significant others that you live with? Where are we right now? I, I have a girlfriend of three years that's in New York. I'm down in Maryland. And honestly, I don't want to talk or touch anyone in New York. I don't trust them. There's too many <laughs> cases in New York. So I'm staying away home locked in. Yeah, and I've, I, I have a roommate. I live with one of my best friends, and we can only play so much 2K uh, before it becomes a physical altercation. So we're trying to... I don't even know, start new shows, something to get us through this, but obviously like working from home. But it's it's a tough time that we're in, and it's pretty unprecedented. And as a sports junkie, you kind of don't know what to do with yourself right now. My boy sent me this text the other day, uh, and I, I was walking down my stairs of like a three-bedroom in New York, and I saw my wife on the couch, and he's like, when you see that person that you live with, you know, she's your wife, and you look at her, and you're like, oh, th- yeah, there, there she is, and there's my daughter, I have a- Spent going on day five with them, day five <laughs> days in a row. This is this is getting real. This is getting intense. Like, I um I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what equipment in the house I can use. I don't know where to stand. My daughter, every room now is the playroom. My wife is on conference calls, cleaning up behind me every time I go and I walk the dog. <laughs> um, my dog, his name is Denzel Washington. He's like my best friend. I'm like going for two hour long walks. I'm like, right. when are we ever going for two hour long walks? But it's crazy, man. Like, I flip through the channels, and, look, I'm on air all the time, guys. And I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> like, I can't find anything I want to listen to. Like, it's, I'm trying to go back and watch ESPN Classic. I'm trying to pull out, B, you know, BHDs. I don't know, you know, people know what that is. It even, even watching old school tapes, and I'm talking to Kevin Durant and Rich Klein, and we're like, you know, what are we going to talk about? Do we want to break down, like, you know, the best players in the game and, you know, where they came from and you know, how their game, you know, kind of transformed from where they were, like Stephen Curry, what happened to him in Davidson, where he is now, you know, is this the best fit for him on Golden State? You know, what do you think about coaching? And we're just trying to conjure up anything that we would just talk about on a day-to-day basis, and I guess just try to blast it into the world. I mean, that this is where we're at. Right. I, I've seen, I've seen a, a couple, like the one thing getting me through all this, like there's some lighthearted memes on the internet. I saw something like, just found this girl on my couch in my room. Turns out she's my wife. Seems like a nice lady. Like, people are just spending more time with their family. <laughs> so you said you were talking to Kevin and to Rich Kleiman. Well, we just got news from Woj that 
there's four nets with coronavirus, but they they aren't going to release who it is. Oh, oh, that that's how you guys get me. I like it. Well done. Well done. <laughs> this is like a this is like a media handbook on how to conduct an interview, and I love it. Uh, I, uh, we have zero experience. We have zero experience. But well, we saw that happen, and then you. <laughs> Well, here, okay. I, why? I, well, I don't. I didn't know anything about that. That's crazy. I just spoke to Kevin yesterday. He seems like he was doing okay. Uh, I just spoke to Rich yesterday because I know you know we're we're over here kind of going back and forth about you know what kind of interviews we want to do. Who do you want to bring on the boardroom show? We're in talks with ESPN about all these different things. Obviously, the landscape is changing drastically. I I didn't know anything about this. I um. I don't really even know how to answer that question. I, I, you know, I, I guess I would say this, man. Like, it's, it's scary to me. I don't know. This thing has no direction, has no sense. All these guys play. And I remember, you know, being on air like five days ago, six days ago, and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't think the league needs to play anymore. And I think we need to shut down March Madness. And I'm, the, like, I'm a huge hoops junkie, guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, look, this is my life. Like, I, I, I live, I breathe, I eat. I do everything with basketball. That's my thing. That's my being. Like I watch tape for no reasons on Saturday night while everybody else is going out and kicking it. So, of course, I would love to see you know March Madness now and conference tournaments and get into playoffs and the way guys are playing. And you know, but I, I don't know how to all this one. I don't know which direction this stuff can take. I, I think maybe more guys are affected. And, you know, I, I've been talking to a lot of GMs and a lot of them have been saying a lot of guys on our team haven't even been tested yet. So they think of like when OKC and the Jazz got, you know, 58 or 59 tests in that short amount of time, you had other GMs and other owners being like, wait a second, we don't have enough tests to test our own guys. But then, you know, the league allowed guys to disperse and go to their families. And think about the, the loss of control that comes with that. I'm not saying the NBA had control or teams had control of these guys in the first place, but if you don't know who has what, right, and there's not enough tests to go around, but then – you know, guys' families, if they're located here in Brooklyn, but guys are, their families are located in California or Idaho or Chicago, how do you not let guys go back to be with their family, but you don't know whether they have it or not? Um, it's, and I know people say it's the flu. You know, it's another version of the flu. It's, it's not, in my opinion. But, like, it's, uh, I mean, dip, you know, look, practical minds can differ on this kind of stuff. But still, like, I don't know. And I want to have a season, guys more than anything on the world. Like, I want, I want June to come around, and I want to go in the playoffs. And I, yeah, I even heard Spencer Dinwiddie's comment about going to, you know, 1 through 30 and, and do, like, a March Madness type of tournament. And I love all that stuff. I just love it. I don't know how you can realistically do that. I don't either. It, it sounds I don't like know how people, you can realistically get it done. Everyone's in agreement we want to make it happen. It's just getting to the point of, is it realistic but before we move on, because we were talking about the Nets and Kevin and Rich, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, Jay. So My condolences. My that's, condolences. That's, all, that's what I that's say. Sorry to hear. That's literally what Scalabrini said Every day's a fight for you, Jack. Every, I hear everyone you. said that. How true is it? Was Kevin actually ever coming to match? <laughs> <laughs> to, to play for the Nets? Like, come on. Were we, were Yo, we it, like right? Or were no, we? Well, well, first off, it's. Like, all this stuff, look, I came into the picture when we started doing the boardroom around that time, and it was really weird for me because, look, I, I had known Kevin for a while, but obviously I'm not as close to Kevin as Rich is. Like, nowhere. Like, Rich and Kevin are like two peas in the pod, right? Like, I mean, they're, we all say we're brothers, but, I mean, those two are brothers' brothers. They've known each other through thick and thin. So it was crazy for me that I had people, without saying names, who just, like, kind of, reached out to me that were in a different standing that I never kind of thought would ever happen. They were like picking my brain on different things. Like, what is it going to take? And I'm like, I've, I've never heard, I've never heard KD talk about the Knicks. Like I've been around him and he, he's mentioned some teams, but he's never like openly talked about, like, I want to come to New York. I mean, Rich has mentioned it a couple of times, but like, you know, Rich is also a Knicks fan, but Rich at the same time is like, I want Kevin to do what's best for Kevin. So it was, it was really weird having people like, you know, what does he need? What does he want? And I'm like, I, I can't tell you what KD needs. KD's his own, <laughs> he's his own grown ass man. Like he's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. Like, and he, at, at, at the way he's playing like one of the best, he's the best player in the world. He was playing at it at that time. So 
I don't know, man. It was really weird. And then after, you know, all that stuff happened injury-wise, you know, being back on the plane, like I think things on our way back from, uh, you know, Toronto and when he got hurt to New York for him to see the doctor, we're all on the plane. It was this really surreal moment because um, I saw I saw Kev. I saw Kevin. Like Kevin the human being, right? And mm-hmm. Kevin is one of the most powerful. Like when you see him, I know he gets a, a different take. Um, from a lot of different people because people want to question in, is he overly sensitive? Is he sensitive? Like, all that stuff is BS, man. Like, if you, had to, if you had to live your life constantly being challenged by people every single day, like, everybody reacts to that stuff differently, right? Like, Le- LeBron reacts to it differently, but LeBron also has a wife and has a family that he can kind of release to. Kev has his boys. He doesn't have a wife and a family yet. I mean, he has his mom and parents and dad and stuff, but not like his own kids yet. And so he handles all that stuff so well, but then he decides to kind of release back, right? So you see that depiction of Kevin from afar, and you're like, man, that dude's going through it. But when you see him as a person, you're like, he's a good-ass person. He's just a, he just wants to help people all the time. And being on the plane, he was like, yo, I, I don't know what I want to do. And you saw this bond between him and Kai, and it was special, man. Like, look, I know Kai has this stuff too, but Kai's special too as a person, as an individual, and they just had this kind of connectivity, this power, man. And it was crazy after the whole thing was over because I was like, what's up with the Knicks? What's up with the Knicks? And I'm like, nothing was ever up with the Knicks. Ever, right. ever up with the Knicks, man. It was like <laughs> conjured by the Knicks. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't even know <laughs> why the Knicks are people. doing that. They were telling yeah, I don't know old, why the Knicks would do that. Employees. It's going to make them look bad. No, Jay, Jay, that's where you're wrong. It wasn't conjured by the Knicks. It was conjured by Jack, who's on the line with us, who was tweeting out, I will Venmo everybody $20 who retweets this if KD – what was it, Jack? If it KD, Kyrie – KD, Kyrie, and AD weren't a Nick. And I don't think he ever paid that out. But Jack and I have been doing this pod for, what, eight, nine months now? Yeah. We've Like he was saying, we've done this pod Come on, Abe. you got to get a better line than that, Abe. Come on, Abe. We've, we've had – we've literally been doing it for nine months, and he has an audio issue every time. It's hilarious. But all right. <laughs> um, I'm over here in Brooklyn, like on my balcony, sitting in the corner, so I don't lose service. Yeah, and Abe is the we one losing service. Think about that. I know. All right, Jay. I I do have to ask. With all that being said, do you think? I know we all want it to happen, but do you think it comes back this season? The NBA, we see it. I, you know, I don't know, man. Like I, you know, Jack. I know I'm on air, and I know I have a lot more ends than than everybody else to some degree. I'm not Woj, but I have a lot of friends in the league and in, you know, high positions around the league. And I, everybody is very hopeful. Everybody's very optimistic, but I look, I'm in New York and I'm afraid, man. I got, and I hear what you said at the beginning of the show. Like I, I'm in Brooklyn and they're talking about shutting down New York city and people are going out and ripping it. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird to me because I remember when all, every fan in the world was pretty much, was pretty much like up in a frenzy about, you know, not letting fans being in the gym when these guys play. I'm like, please let me have that. Please let us have that option. Please yeah. now. Like, yeah, please right. bring that back. Like, put that on the table. Let guys play. I don't need fans. I was watching it on TV. Please. But I, I, I don't – if you have guys that are going with their families and then you don't know who their families are interacting with or who their friends are interacting with or how they use their judgment – and I know everybody's trying to take it seriously, but depending upon where you are in your life, like, and I, I love that Donovan Mitchell is at home and he's feeling good. Like, it's good to see, like, guys like that or Rudy Gobert or Tom Hanks or Rita Wilson, you know, these celebrities who are like, hey, I'm still okay. I'm still okay. Like, it, it makes you think, like, okay, like, this is something that we can, we can live with, we can deal with, but, like, how do you still contain it? I don't know where we're going to be in two or three months from now. I hope we can be in a place where, yeah, we can hoop, but... I don't know, man. I don't know. It's scary. I'm not. I'm not optimistic about it right now. Right. Well, well first, don't call this a comeback. I'm back on the line. We should be good for the rest <laughs> hey, of the Abe, episode. Welcome back, Abe. Welcome back. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so let's, I don't know what's going on with the... your your system over there, but uh, you know, you're a fighter. You, you fight through yeah, adversity. We're, we're like ready it. to go. We're ready to go. So speaking of fighting through adversity, so when the news first came down that the NBA season would be suspended. The first thing I think about whenever something news comes out is how will this affect my Sixers? And I'm like, oh, well, Ben Simmons' back is going to get healthier. I'm thinking 30 days. They said three weeks. All right. Maybe I can start to convince myself that 
the Sixers can get this thing on the right path. Curious what your thoughts of how the rest of the NBA season would have played out. And then once you're answering that, I have a job I would like to pitch to you. Okay. <laughs> well, first off, I have to say this. Damn, you guys are going through some rough times on this pop, man. You got a Knicks it's... fan. You got a 76ers fan. You guys are just spiraling out of control. Like, wait, Abe, I have some questions to ask you before I just answer your questions. Like, are you a Joel Embiid guy or are you a Ben Simmons guy? Oh. Jay, Jay, I'm glad you asked. Let it out. Because in the beginning, because in the beginning of the year, uh, I, watch, I, I watch you on Get Up every day. And when you're on first take as well, I love what you guys are doing over there. And I remember in the beginning of the season, you were standing on the pedestal as everyone gave you shit about it, that if Ben Simmons worked on his jump shot in the summer and we thought he oh, all would, this is uh, an MVP candidate. Uh, and you, to answer your question, to answer your question, I know you've gotten off that bandwagon a little. Am I a Joel Embiid or a Ben Simmons person? That's the misconception. I am a Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons person. <laughs> I do not. I do not think you trade away two superstars or one superstar. You build around them like the Houston Rockets are doing, pushing all their chips in with Russ and Harden, and building around your superstars. How do you build around? You're superstars when you're the Sixers. I'll tell you what you can do, and that's sign Al Horford. <laughs> yeah, I so agree. That, that's my number one issue. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, so, if, if, you put, if you put a gun to my head and said you have to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, 10 times out of 10, I would say you trade Joel Embiid. So, yeah, okay, but the question is now, Abe, if, if you try to, like, what's Joel Embiid's trade value considering he's been so injury prone? Like, that, that's what, so I, I agree with you. You're supposed to tell me, me that. <laughs> like, well, I, well, we're talking it through, by the way. When I, every day I'm on air, I'm talking through myself, through my emotions, like I'm Drake. I, I cannot tell you. I fall in and out of love with so many teams throughout the course of the season. You should see me when I watch a damn Bulls game, okay? We're all in purgatory here, guys, together, even though <laughs> look, the 76ers are way better than the Bulls and then, you know, than, our, than the Knicks. But I, 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 my thing about the 76ers, I agree with you on the personnel aspect of it. Like, Al Horford got his money. I'm happy for Al as a player, but that's not the right fit with that team. It was weird with the whole Jimmy Butler situation. I thought Jimmy Butler was going to be out regardless. I thought he really wanted to go down to Miami, right? So, yes, I, I do want to build a team around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But, like, do those two really rock with each other? Like, do they mm. really – like, you guys rock with each other, Jack and Abe. Like, you guys talk through your stuff whenever stuff happens. Like, regardless so – you guys seem like you guys are intertwined. Like, I don't know if I see Ben and Joel rock the same way I see Russ and James rock. I don't know if I see Ben and Joel rock the same way I see LeBron and AD rock. I don't know if I see Ben and Joel rock the same way I see Kyrie and Kev rock. Like, even though they're both doing their own thing, like, they're both so, so tightly, closely connected. It, it, it's so, it, I'll, I'll give you one last example, and then we can talk through this. You can always tell, and I, I'm not saying that teams don't go through friction, right? Like, when you're an alpha, you go through alpha times with other alphas. Like, you have to battle through it. But, like, there are times I watch those two on the bench, and it's like I'm watching, like, two younger people who just don't even know how to communicate anything to one another. I don't know. I, it's like – I don't even I don't know, know if they, they want to communicate. Do they – That's my I thing, like, Jack. I yeah, don't know. It's, it's oh. not – I think Jack, your point is – down over there. Hold on, hold on. I think Jay's trying to say <laughs> – I just want to translate for Abe that you have two betas leading your team. And he didn't say it. I said it. But that's what I, that's what I heard. It kind of, Abe, let's be real about it. I mean, Joel, Joel, here, Joel's an alpha when he's on the court playing against somebody else. When he's talking trash, when he's being him on the court, he's an alpha. But when he leads his team, he seems like a beta, right? And then when you have Ben Simmons, who is, first off, I love watching, he plays hard all the time. He's, he was up for defensive player of the year in the league, right? And he's a mm -hmm. passer. He, like, he didn't bring that jump shot element into his game. So his game doesn't feel like it's an alpha, even though it is an alpha in a way, but he doesn't, it's not like a raw, right? Like, so then when you have these guys communicating, like who is the alpha on that team leadership-wise? Nobody. That's the problem. Jimmy was that alpha, and now nobody's I, I, the alpha. I, to I totally agree with you, but there, there's one aspect in the whole Sixer situation that I think we're – we're skating over without talking about. And this is where I, I bring up the job aspect. I am a huge believer. I've, I've, I've been a big Brett Brown hater for years. I thought he was brought in to lose. 
and that's what he did. But he did coach a very good playoff series last year, and I was, I was okay with bringing him back. That being said, would you like to coach the Philadelphia 76ers? Because <laughs> I'm officially offering you the job. Because I'm done. Uh, I'm done with them. I think, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm probably trending more in the CEO direction of a franchise, oh. more so than a coaching. I kind of I'm like ready that to sell more the team for, too. I'm ready to sell the team also. Yeah, you're ready to sell the team. <laughs> you're, you're off everybody. Michael Rubin, everybody. All the ownership, you're awful. You're done. Listen, we'll, we'll get some angel investors and we'll make this thing happen. <laughs> Jay, what, yeah. what team would you want to be the CEO for if you had your pick out of all 30? Not the Knicks. Probably, uh, I mean, the Knicks would be right up there, man. Thank you. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I didn't have to work under Jim Dolan, if there was new right. leadership or if I had autonomy, I mean, that thing is a sleeping giant, sleeping giant over there. And the international footprint would be crazy. But if to answer your original question about the season, this is what kills me more than anything. I feel like we're, like we're going down like reminiscent lane here. It's um, to watch the, the, the Ja-Zion battle. Kind of, I'm happy now because I don't have to buy Jalen Rose a Tom Ford suit. Because I don't think the Pelicans <laughs> were going to make the playoffs, even though I was rocking with Ja. And Wait, what, what was the bet? What was the bet? The bet was the Pelicans were like five games out of the playoff race, and then when Zion came back, they started kind of like creeping in that direction that they were going to win. I think they were like, the best they were were two games behind Memphis at one point, mm-hmm. and then they just they they lost a game to the Timberwolves. Uh, just and then it was like it just all started to crash down, even though they're only four games out, and Ja and company, even though for all they're not having Jaron Jackson and you know, some other players that were injured, I mean, they still played extremely well. So I, I think they would have made the playoffs. It, I wish I could have seen Zion and LeBron play, but seeing Zion and, I mean, seeing LeBron and John Morant would have been great to see anyway. But I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I was – everybody was rocking with the, with the Clippers. I, and I, I still think I would have rocked with the Clippers that come out of the West. I still think they had too much firepower at the end of it. I, I think it would have been great to see LeBron and – you know, the Clippers play in the Western Conference Finals because LeBron and AD would have been incredible. I just don't know if you can really count on Kyle Kuzma. Avery Bradley had 24 in that one win they had against the Clippers. Like, I don't know if you can count on the bench like Rajon Rondo. Like, where would he have been? Like, is, this is not the Rajon Rondo of past, you know? Like, guys, I don't know if they would have had enough points off the bench. And it just – the Clippers just kept throwing dogs and dogs and dogs at you. And it was like one after another. Like, it's – on the Morris twins, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, Kawhi goes off, and then PG goes off, and then Lou Will goes off, and then Reggie Jackson goes off. It was like, and then Montrez Harrell goes off. They just had so many options, man. I think we would have seen the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals, which would have been almost like a ratings nightmare, I think, again, <laughs> for people. Um, and I think you would have seen the Clippers win the whole thing, man. I'm in agreement with you. Abe's a big LeBron fan, big Lakers fan. That's his Western Conference team. Honestly, sometimes I think when he's mad at the Sixers, he just picks up LeBron's teams as his own. But what is good? Do you? Do you? I mean, that's it's just true. I think it's that's true. Fairly accurate. It's fairly true. accurate. Yes, it is true. <laughs> what are the players doing right now? Like, what is Kevin doing? What is Kyrie doing? Are they just hanging out? Are they training? Are they just sitting at home? Do they want to come on a podcast? Like, what is their whole deal right now? <laughs> I think guys are just confused, Jack. Like, I don't guys know what the hell is going on. I, you know, I was watching video the other day of Serge Ibaka that kind of like me, like a makeshift, like training room in his apartment, I guess, in T-Dot. And he's just like kind of working out. I, you know, I've talked to a couple of guys and I know they're, they're working out because they may have like, you know, smaller half court gyms at their house. But I, I honestly think guys are kind of like afraid to go into workout environments unless they can rent out gyms on their own. And then who are they bringing in to work out with them? Like that's a, like I, everybody's like, oh yeah, you can just go work out. But then I, I've had guys, and I'm not going to say names, I've had guys hit me like, all right, so my trainer, like trainers in the game, like trainers make money off working out guys individually, but then guys are kind of scared out of their mind about, okay, so my trainer, where does he go after I see him? Who's his family been around? I don't know. So I think guys are trying to stay in shape in their own makeshift kind of ways, but I even think that's proven to be somewhat difficult for guys. Right? Where do you go? What environment? Even if you rent out a gym, like who works you out? Are you working out yourself? You can do things to work out yourself and run and, you know, but guys like to have that, that habit of this is my, this is my schedule. Like I wake up, like that's right. me, right? Like I wake up at six, I go train from seven to eight. 
I get up shots from 8 until 10. You know, I, I work on my handle. I come back. I eat lunch. I go back to the gym. What are we doing dribble-wise with my trainer? What are we doing, you know, yoga-wise? What am I doing conditioning-wise? What am I doing weight training-wise? So guys are used to having these teams built around them to accomplish all this. And now all of a sudden, how do you properly vet your team? That's a real legitimate question I think some guys are having issues dealing with. And I don't, I don't know how guys are always handling all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think I think what you said about everyone just being really confused, that's the whole thing with, with, with all this going on, is even we're watching the TV and we don't know what's going on, and no one really knows the severity of it. Everyone knows the severity. I shouldn't say that. But nobody really knows, like, when this is going to end, what what's going to hold within the next day. But, I mean, we're supposed to be three hours away right now from watching a March Madness playing game, the first four. I'm curious what that yeah that kind of hurts just saying out loud. That would have been my so Longhorns oh, also. Man. Would oh. that have been Texas? Yeah, probably. We were projected to be in the play-in. Well, yeah. speaking of which, my I, I went to Penn State, Jay, and we were supposed to make the tournament for the first time in God knows how many years. We weren't in it any of my four years. And then I'm curious what you're missing more right now. Are you missing college basketball and March Madness, or are you missing this last quarter? of the NBA season. What are you missing? No, here? I'm going to, I'm going to take your answer, Abe, that you said about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They're a package deal. <laughs> They're like, this is, this is, this is my time guys. Like this is where right. I, I just sit on my couch. I, I lock in for 13 hours a day. I and no get one my can snacks yell ready. Oh no. It doesn't matter what my wife says to me. It doesn't matter what <laughs> friends say. I am zoned in. I am in Kobe Bryant <laughs> Mamba mode, and this kills me. This kills me. Like it's um, first off, from somebody that played three seasons and, and won a chip in college, man. Like, and I'm from Jersey, guys, and and I, I feel you on Penn State. Damn, like my Rutgers Scarlet Rutgers. Knights are gonna make Rutgers. the tournament yeah. for the first time <laughs> in so long, so long, and. I, that's all I wanted to see. I, I wanted to see them in the tournament. I don't care how they got there. I wanted to see them there. And uh, it's like this is the the little kids crying because their kids, their teams got knocked out. I miss those pictures. I miss those videos. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not even lie. Those videos made me laugh when I saw little kids cry. I'm like, ha ha, you're out. We're still in. <laughs> like, it, I don't like. It was, this is like, you know, it's weird, man. I'll say this to you guys. I've never said this before on air. Like, we're supposed to be like all professional all the time. And I think when I listen to pods and I have listened to what you guys have done before in the past and, you know, some other, a lot of my other friends are doing pods and stuff. And, you know, JJ Reddick and I, he literally lives down the hallway from me. Uh, his pod is in, he's, he's doing great with that too. He's killing it. Like we're allowed now just to be fans. Like that's so, that's so cool. Cause I wasn't allowed to be a fan before. Like I had to be objective and, like, I'm still objective when it comes down to breaking down X's and O's. But like, yeah, I have favorites. Like, I'm, I'm cool to say that. Like, I'll have to break down that Kevin does something wrong and be like, yo, he did this wrong. Or, and that'll probably leave the Kevin and I get in an argument. But then we'll probably take that argument and we'll put it on the pie. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think so now being able to root for a Rutgers or not giving a hell and rooting for Trey Jones and my Duke squad and Coach K or – you know, yeah, like I, I, like I actually wanted to see Brown win a chip. Like, I'm a Brown fan. Like, I've said this before. Like, I love the way for a guy that's been in the league as long as he's been in the league and not to have some of the off-the-court issues in today's era of social media. And every I, I walked down the street in New York, and I'm walking my dog the other day, and some guy, even with social distancing, pulls out a camera, like a phone camera. It's like, what's up, Jay? And comes over to me. I'm like, yo, whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> if that's happening to me, like what the hell is happening to LBJ, right? Like where can you go? So I think being around guys and being in the midst of what they're doing and doing the boardroom and talking about what they're doing business-wise and, you know, bringing more empathy to what guys go through. And, yeah, when it comes down to breaking down X's and O's, like it's my favorite time of the year, but also the storytelling, man, like, being able to talk about what teams have battled through, where they come from. Like, you know, a lot of these schools don't get that kind of love and appreciation. And I see the media cycle. You know, I see how we, we push things that, you know, a lot of stories don't always move the needle. And I see how the fan handles that. 
And then I, I see some of the narratives that all these other networks, including our network, what we have to push because what people only find intriguing, you know, and now all of a sudden you see all these other storylines that you haven't paid attention to the whole year. And it gets you bought into who these kids are, who these people are as people. I think we lose sight of that. Like I yell at the TV too, but you forget that you're yelling at a, a 17 year old young man or a 17 year old young girl or, you know, a 23 year old young man. Um, so I miss that, man. That's the best part of this season. That's the best part of the whole year is this moment right now. I love that you acknowledge the shift in media, the fact that you can now be a fan, because I think it makes things more interesting. It's unrealistic to have completely unbiased people on air who are just breaking down the game. People come to listen to our podcast because I'm a Ravens fan. So riding the Lamar Jackson wave helps us, but also then the crushing loss in the playoffs. People are so excited to hear Abe absolutely destroy me. I mean, our playoff pods went, he's an Eagles fan, so they lost a heartbreaker. He went to the game, and we record Sunday nights for our Monday episode. So he was literally an hour fresh off the game. He hops on, and it's an it's an organic, it's an authentic reaction. And I think people appreciate that. I'm not going to lie. I was so devastated after the Ravens lost that I couldn't. I couldn't speak, so I didn't hop on for the recording. But the next day, we did knock that one out. But to your point, it does, it does, it does make it more entertaining. And then you do have to be unbiased when it comes to breaking down the film. Fortunately, it is easy, easier to be friends with KD because he doesn't mess up that much. So you don't have to pick on him quite too often. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm curious to see how next year goes with him and Kai. I think that's going to be you know, putting my analyst hat on, interesting to see how strong the personalities of both those those guys are and how that meshes and who the coach is and them letting go of Kenny Atkinson and where he ends up and what do you do with that roster, right? Like you have all these guys that are similar type players, if that's Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie that can go get their own. And then you got Joe Harris, who's a floor spacer. But like, who's the guy on that team that, you know, is making everybody else better and giving up the ball, like right? Like, if Kai needs to go off. So that, it, that, I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about that a lot next year. But I, I did want to can, – can I break some news here? For, it's not like breaking news. I got into a fight last night. Breaking um, news, Snapbacks fan. Breaking, breaking news. <laughs> I got into a fight with uh, – Old takes exposed. Have you guys ever heard of them before? Uh, well, no, I was I gonna bring I was gonna you. bring that up and ask how. Like <laughs> you said, you would be locked in for 13 hours, but I know you're bored because you're fighting with people on Twitter. That's not normal. <laughs> exactly. That's not who I am. I'm like <laughs> finding myself in these different zones of life. I'm like, I'm not a fighter. What am What am I doing? Yeah. Um, but like, so this is what happened. Okay, so a couple years ago, when the Grace and Allen stuff occurred, like I literally was on air. We were at I forget where we were. I think we were at Louisville or we were at some site and Grayson kind of tripped somebody for the first time. And I saw the play and I literally on national TV was like, look, that's not acceptable. I think he needs to be suspended for a couple of games. Like I went in on it, right? You know, ESPN pushed it. And you guys have to understand, like whenever I'm on ESPN and I say anything slightly, slightly controversial, about Duke, like it's going to be pushed out into the ether, right? It's going to be blow- it's going to be blown up because I I played there, my jersey hangs there, and I tell you guys, over the last couple of years, we just talked about becoming a fan of a team. Like I haven't really been able to be that way because like that wasn't like, we weren't allowed to do that at ESPN. We were supposed to be objective all the time, right? And you you couldn't show favoritism or a tendency to like oh I like this team more than that team. Like you couldn't do that. So obviously, I go in on it. It happens again. I go even more in on it. Like, we're on SportsCenter <laughs> talking about it. It happens the third time. I'm losing my mind about it. Like, Coach K then goes and says, you know, we're going to spin him indefinitely, but he brings it back after a couple of games. I said the league should take further, you know, measurements and then, you know, keep him out for a little while. And then we get through the season. But, guys, I got to tell you, it was the most awkward time of my life. Like, I have a home <laughs> in Durham. Right, my mom stays in Durham. I would I would go back down to Duke, and I would feel like I was in, I was like a visitor to my own squad. Like it was a weird energy between Coach K and I. I didn't know how to even address Grayson, and you guys know how it is like down there. Like it's like they're like a cult, right? It's like a family. Yeah. Like it's a tight knit right. family. So they're like, oh no, you're gonna attack Grayson. Like like we're kind of not that they tried to. They didn't disown me, but it felt like I got disowned. 
right? So there was this really awkwardness between all of us for a while. And, and so and I was just like, you know what? Like, God, this is over. I can put it behind me. We can move forward. Grayson is going to the league. And I, I remember I'm having this thought in the Uber, and I get out to this restaurant, and TMZ is right there. Like, oh, so, Jay, what do you think about Grayson? I'm like, you know what? Screw it, man. Like, I'm over it. Like, I'm tired of talking about Grayson. I don't want to talk. If he wants to trip people, then trip people. I don't care. Do whatever, do whatever you want. Like, it's game for you. Be the tripper. Like, just be the villain all the time. Like, I just kind of went the opposite way because I was tired of talking about it. And then we do the ACC tournament the following year, and Frank Howard tries to trip Zion Williamson. And then I go off at halftime. It goes viral again. And then some kid from Syracuse takes that video and then connects it. This is like the power of the Internet, right? Connects that video to the TMZ video. It's like, oh, so Jay is all about Grayson Allen tripping people, but now he's not for Frank Howard? Like, what a homer. Like, what an idiot. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's how we're spicing up content? And I found myself just straight up arguing with old takes exposed last night, like for no reason, guys. Like, so you had to go was, live on a video, didn't you? I, I, and yeah, I'm on my couch. My daughter's there. My, my, my wife's looking at me like, are you going to talk to your daughter? I'm like, no. This takes priority right now, damn it. My daughter can learn her ABC <laughs> tomorrow. This takes priority. Right. And for, so, forget so, yeah, that you even my, had just Durham. I'm done. Forget that you even just had Durham on your back during that. Like, the Duke is like the Lakers in a sense where – they don't just have fans in their home city. The Duke fans, the Duke crazies are everywhere over the country. But I'm curious about – so you're, you're on TV obviously every day and, like, whatever you say, ESPN pushes and then obviously Twitter heads. How often do you – are you on the air and you're arguing with Stephen A. or Lasky, whoever it may be, and you say something and you guys cut to commercial break and it's like, ah, oh, shit, that's going to go viral, isn't it? <laughs> like, is that on your mind constantly when you're on television? I keep my Twitter feed open while I'm live on TV. I will That's straight false. up react <laughs> and engage people and take people's questions and insert them into the conversation. It's like the best focus group. And, yeah, I mess up all the time, man. Like, nobody's perfect. Like, we all mess up in conversations all the time. But I've often found it, it's like – and it's weird because sometimes people are like, well, your tone is like, you know, more than everybody. I'm like, well, that's just called debating. Like, if you ever go to a desk, first off, look at this. Okay. We all recognize Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, when you go into a room with Stephen A. Smith, okay, like the way he's talking right now, the way I'm talking right now, these five seconds <laughs> between me saying a word, that's how my man talks every day, bro, every day. So when I go into a room with him, I'm like, all right, game face, let's go. Like, I got to get Turn it up. in a different – I got to get in a different mindset because he's really smart, man. Like, he'll find a word that you'll say. He'll have a story that he heard from somebody else, and he'll just bring it out of nowhere and, like, and trying to cut you off the knees. It's like a legit – it's an intellectual debate. And then Max is like the smooth criminal on the side, right? Because Max always has analytics and can, like, skew numbers and transition numbers into different things. So, like, a lot of times it's like um, Will Ferrell in old school. Like, I'll get lost in a debate, and I'll see, like, my tweets. It's like, 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 oh, you have 2,000 tweets. I'm like, what just happened? What did I say? Oh, my God. But, like, this is – that's how it goes, man. You get lost in those debates, and that's what happens. You, you, it's honestly like I feel like I'm on the pod with you guys right now. Like, we're just all – it's like me saying Lamar Jackson is not a top is not a top fifteen QB in the league, and you're like, what? Well, he's not. Are you kidding me? Well, he's not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean that. I don't. Worry, I don't, don't, I don't worry. mean that. Don't worry. Wow. I was ready. I, wow. I mean, I Carson Wentz like isn't that. a franchise quarterback, but uh, we're, not we're doing definitely this. We're not, not doing going. This. Into we're not that. doing this. <laughs> Jack, your face though. What, what was your reaction to that? I, I knew I knew that he was. You knew he was messing with you. Yeah, because well, it's funny because coming in, we did a whole preseason pod and the narrative before the year. So I don't think you understand how pivotal Lamar Jackson is to our content. So two years ago, he runs in a touchdown in the preseason game, and on my snap story, I post the clip and I'm like, the baby goat. So I don't know where that came from, but Tom Brady's the goat. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. And for whatever reason, I call him the baby goat. So over that year, he sits on the bench. I reference him if he comes in for a trick play, the baby goat. And then 
he starts, he leads us to the playoffs, and then the disaster of the Chargers happens. So I have to deal with for six months, for eight months, that offseason of Lamar Jackson can't throw a football, and he's a running back. Meanwhile, I'm hyping him up. I'm hyping him up. He's still the baby goat. We're going to see what happens. Week one happens. He throws all those touchdowns against the Dolphins, then plays well against the Cardinals, then goes into a slump for those two games. So it just never, ever stopped. And then the run throughout those next 12 games. But then we're back to the, you know, will he ever be able to get it done? My point is, pulling this all together, that Abe even got to the point. He hated on him all through last offseason. He said he can't throw. He's like like back. a good best friend should exactly. do. Like a good exactly. best friend and, exactly. and totally what I expect exactly. from him as a co-host. But he has at least admitted at this point that Lamar Jackson is a very, very good quarterback. And he's holding his finger up, and I think he's about to say something. I'm still holding on the playoff Lamar narrative. I just want that to be known. <laughs> well, he whenever he wants, Jack, Jack, you're only as good as your last game, Jack. You're exactly. Hey, tell, game. What have tell, you done for me lately, League? Tell Jay what your nickname for him is now. Oh, the baby choke. Oh, that's wow, that's aggressive. Dave, you're really <laughs> coming strong. Choke. I like it. Baby choke. Uh, Sorry, so, I've, heard, I've, heard Carson, I've heard Carson wins. I've, I've heard everything. Well, so where, where do you guys, uh, speaking of, if you're talking about him as a baby goat, where do you guys think the goat is going? Uh, Where do you think I'm he's seeing going? all these Tampa reports. I you go to Tampa though. You go to I don't Tampa. Think it makes so sense. weird. The only the only thing that would make sense is that they have those weapons on the outside, which are nasty. And then the Super Bowl is in Tampa, so that would be kind of cool if he got to play in Tampa. But I think he goes to the Chargers. I just think that they have the tools to build him. We had Austin Eckler on the podcast, and then he got a $25 million contract. So expect the snapback bump for yourself. I don't know in what form or fashion. Maybe it will be the And then Right, and then once you get that bump, he will probably invoice you. <laughs> yeah, Austin sent us a couple dollars just just to get him that uh, that contract. But I think I think he's headed out there. But you did ask who's the goat. So Abe and I, for years, I mean, this is literally the reason we probably started this podcast. We have fought over who's the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. For Abe, what would you say? Probably oh, the past God. ten years of our life. And and LeBron's literally been playing for the past 10 years, which shows how insane you were to say, like, 10 years ago that he was the GOAT. Do you have mm. a chance on that? I have uh, been, I have been known to take the stand that I think LeBron James is the greatest player that's ever played a game. <laughs> and, Jack, you can hang I, up now while Jay and I discuss. <laughs> it's, um, I love Michael Jordan. I know he was an assassin. I, I also think we got a little bit, you know, like it, it's crazy because when people think about greatness all the time, because Michael set the bar so high, and I, I know he won six chips. I know that's different. Like, but let, let's be real about this too, guys. I mean, it, it takes a lot, a lot of skill. I'm not saying it, it doesn't take a lot of skill. It also takes a lot of luck too, right? Like there are a lot of yeah. big time shots that other players hit to help Michael get those six championships. And he did play with Scotty and some other players, right? So this whole thing like. Michael Jordan just did it on his own. Like, that's out the window. Like, Scottie Pippen was – I have this picture of one of the top 50 greatest players of all time. Now, that may have changed just like 10 years ago, but Scottie was on that list, right? Like, he was incredible. Uh, and Luke uh, – like, they, 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 had, they had a lot of the pieces. I just – I think sometimes because we're in this new, like, digital age where everybody has some kind of opinion on it. Like, I don't know, man. Like, watching Braun play, and I know he's not the same – quote-unquote killer is MJ. But this dude just makes everybody around him better all the time. All the time. And maybe he's had to work on not making the right play and, like, making the play where he just goes and he forces his will upon others. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't devalue the, how incredible it is to make the right play. I would say I got an argument with Jalen and Paul because I was like, yo, I think he's one of the, I think he's the greatest point guard of all time. And like, oh, Magic on line, on line one. I'm like, I, I feel you on Magic. I feel you. Magic had a lot more showtime, and I know LeBron probably has a lot more turnovers than Magic, and I understand that. But, like, LeBron also his whole career, like, I don't think LeBron's even known what position he's been until, like, now. Until now. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that even say? Everybody's trying to play this dude at the four, the five, like, the swing forward, the three, like I'm like he's always been a PG. I just don't think we've ever seen 
anybody like him before in the history of the game, man. This dude is different. 6'9", 260, can, can do all the things he's able to do, can beat you on the post, can beat you on the perimeter, has vision, like one of the all-time best, can score at will. Yeah, his jump shot isn't the best in three-point line, but neither was Michaels. Neither was Michaels. So, like, I, I, that's just where I am on it, man. That's where I am. So, Jack, so I'm without, sorry. without going – it's okay. I Obviously, I'm going to have a rebuttal, as you expected. Thank without you. Going, yep. thank, thank you. Yeah, Abe did want to say his thanks. Without going into, like, too deep of an argument, uh, and I do want to preface this with, I think that LeBron James is the second best player of all time. I think sometimes when the argument comes up, people say, like, people think we're talking down on the two, but you're really just trying to show who you think is better in that situation. And you didn't even mention, really, many detriments in MJ's game. Abe actually does call MJ a poor man's DeMar DeRozan, but we'll just skip over that. (laughs) That's not true. true. That is true. You have said that before. Well, I said if he played in today's generation with this talent, he'd be Victor Oladipo or DeMar DeRozan. But obviously, obviously I'm exaggerating. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know if I can rock so, with you on that one, Abe. I don't know if I can rock with you. <laughs> so, Jay, I, I want to bring up just one counterpoint. And okay. this is obviously a hypothetical. But if LeBron, if Michael Jordan came after LeBron James, if he, if his career existed – over the let's say LeBron retires next year, let's give him a fourth ring. That's fine. And then Michael Jordan comes along and goes six and zero in the finals, and he has the social media and all the highlights are living online and the Instagram and all the hype behind him because he was a world icon. And some kids like they don't even really remember that. If his career six and zero in the NBA Finals, six NBA Finals, he's Defensive Player of the Year. Like he literally would have accomplished every single thing LeBron did and more. But he's the more recent. Do you think that's a different conversation, or you you genuinely believe that LeBron's just better? This is hard because like it, it, look, I mean, we always get into this because this is a generational thing, though. Because then I can right. bring up all these other counterpoints to your point, Jack. Because like, could his game have transcended into what the NBA game is now? Right? With mm-hmm. like, you, we devalue twos, right? We don't look at Demar Derozan the same. So, I mean, I, I think DeMar DeRozan's great, but I, I, I've heard a lot of GMs and a lot of scouts be like, well, you know, he leads the league in two-point shot attempts. Like, that's not the kind of scheme we want in today's game. With the Knicks are looking to team. bring him in, which is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You guys are always making those, those anomaly-type moves, you know? Those yeah. Land-shifting type moves. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. It's tough about this one because – I, the game is so different in today's approach. And I would say the physicality of the game was different back then. And today's player, I, I'm going to, today's players, I think, are better than what players were then. Like, I remember Scotty Pippen was so unique because he was like that versatile swing forward. He's like, oh, he can dribble the ball, he can put the ball on the ground, and he can also D up. I feel like every player in the league is like that now. Like, we're looking, right. we were talking about Donovan Mitchell the other day on air. The Paul and Jail and all these guys, and they're like, I'm like, man, I don't know if Utah can get there. I think Donovan needs to take that next step in his game to be like that superstar, that D Wade type player. And then you look at the stats and you see him, you're like, damn, Donovan six two, like six is short, really short mm-hmm. in today's game. Like, can he get there? Like D Wade six four, six five. Even when you look at D Wade, you're like, all right, like D Wade killed it back then. But today's game is different. Like so. I don't know. Giannis is what six nine, six ten. I mean, LeBron six nine. I mean, Giannis probably taller than that. I think Giannis maybe like six eleven. Like, yeah. like Kevin Durant, close to seven feet tall. Uh, AD, close to seven feet tall. Like all these guys are like go go gadget arms. You know, it, it's. Uh, I don't know how the game would have translated. I don't know. I don't know. So it, it does make it tough. But I hear where you're. I hear what you're trying to do. <laughs> I just don't know if I can if I can just see that game. Tra- I can see LeBron's game translating into that game. I, I right, agree. People, people, go ahead, Jack. I, I I'm gonna let Abe talk because he. I mean, you already satisfied him by saying LeBron, but I think the argument is so fun because I bring up a hypothetical, then you say, "Well, does this game work?" And then I say, "Well, if MJ had the training and the therapy and the physical therapy and could work on his game with his mentality." Who would have known he would have been a three-point shooter and could have gotten to the rim ten times X well, of what James Harden does? Then, it's just fun. Then, Jack, let me ask you this. Then. 
So can you can you realistically keep a team together that long in a league these days with the salaries and the? I mean, you bring other factors into this whole thing too about guys wanting to stay there. Like the Scotty, the Scotty stay there. The salaries are the right. same where they are now. Right. You know, I, 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 yeah. I don't know. There's so many other outlying factors. I feel you though. Right. I feel like Jack was talking about. So if if LeBron came first and MJ grew up or came up in in the social media era because these guys are way more in the limelight than they used to be. And naturally, obviously, it's going to be like that because of the day and age we're in. But I actually do think that that is why the NBA has become so popular as it is. And that's like what we try and do with our podcast and everything. It is fun to debate sports. Something that really, in the grand scheme of things, and we're seeing it right now, means so little to life. Like, we can just shut it down amidst of this pandemic that's going on. But it is fun to argue with people that you've never met before. It is fun to have an opinion. And I think that's, like, our generation, Jack and I, are really the ones that, like, started this comparing different eras thing because, like, we want to have a clear GOAT conversation because that's what we see on TV and in the media. But, like, people have to take a step back and realize that, Debating sports is fun. That's why we do it. And, like, you're never going to have a right answer, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. I mean, yes, Jay, you just explained, you just explained the correct answer. But <laughs> we, will never have, we will never have a set-in-stone answer. But it really is, honestly, the most fun part about sports is doing what we're doing right now. We're shooting the shit. You can do it with someone across the globe if you want to and just have totally different opinions and really feel passionate about that. Hey, I've been on the phone with you and Jack for an hour now, and it has probably been the most exciting hour I've had for the past two weeks, man. <laughs> like, seriously. There it, we go. It's like, you know, like these conversations, you know, we even had with Max Kellerman the other day. Uh, this is like a couple months ago where we were literally on TV, and Stephen A. was remote, and I was in studio with Max, and Molly asked the question to Max, like, who's more clutch, Kobe or uh, Kawhi Leonard? And, like, Max just said Kawhi Leonard, and it, if you could see, like, my face, like, with Stephen A's <laughs> face at the same time, these are arguments I have with my boys, like, all the time. Right. Guys just say random things. You're like, wait, what? And then they have some kind of crazy narrative that they can actually make it sound somewhat feasible. We're like, well, damn, I never thought about that. Well, hold on a second now. Like, and it gets me out. Like, I'm, pac- I'm pacing on my patio while I'm talking to you guys about this. But that's what I want. <laughs> As a sports fan, that's right. what I want. And that's what I try to bring to the table when we do TV, man. Like, it's like, how are you thinking about this differently? How are you, you know, your connections, can you bring a different insight to it? Yeah, not everybody's going to like the way you guys do your podcast, but I could be, I bet you they're going to listen, right? Because they're intrigued right. with the way you guys think and why is it different? And that's what we all need to be challenged on, man. If there's anything that this pandemic has made me recognize even more, it's good to have. Like, I got in an argument with one of my friends. He's younger, and he's going out, and he's ripping it. And, I look, I don't think that's the right thing to do right now, but he's 23 years old, and he doesn't have a job. Uh, like, he lost his job, and he doesn't have kids or a family, and he's like, I just want to have fun. I'm like, look, you got to be responsible. But like, I don't – I'm not condoning that, right? I'm not saying that's okay to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's hard for me to sit there and tell him what he should do. Like, if I were 23 right. years old with no responsibility, <laughs> like, and I, I wasn't around my family, I lived in a one-bedroom, like, all right, make sure you're stocked up on food, but I, I don't know. Like, the government's not telling you to Are you talking about Abe right home. now? Are you talking about Abe? Abe's 24 in his one-bed apartment and not uh, in his Two-bedroom, no two-bedroom, two-bedroom. <laughs> two <laughs> <laughs> hey, he tells me and everything, Abe. Make sure he clarifies on that. Two-bedrooms is way different than one, brother. I feel you. Right. But at, well, anyway, I don't I'm know. Curious. I don't know what to tell people, man. Yeah. Right. So, so you're talking about how you and you and Max and Stephen A and Jalen and Paul, you all feel very passionate. It's a, it's a genuine argument. So Jack and I, obviously, we have a younger audience. So we try and keep it PG-13. But when we turn off the microphones and we're just going back and forth, it can get personal when we argue sports. Do you it's ever? It's hot on the air. It's got hot on. Yeah, the air. it has gotten hot. Do you do you ever see like if you're just talking to Stephen A in the back in the production room or something just. Like, it, it becomes real beef. It might become a little personal. Like, you guys feel so passionate about these topics. You don't have a camera. You don't have a microphone on you. Is there extra, is there extra stuff going down? You know who gets personal with all the time? Little-eared Richard Jefferson. <laughs> all the time. His head is like an alien head, and his ears are like supersonic <laughs> hearing because they're so tiny. But they hear just from everywhere. He's probably hearing me right now say this. Yeah, no, he's, like gonna RJ, he's gonna listen to this. Yeah, RJ is like the biggest prick there is on the air. 
Do you guys see, I, I, what was it? I don't know if it was Complex or somebody posted it. So we're getting ready. We're, we're doing Milwaukee, right? We're at Milwaukee. And I'm literally right next to RJ. And RJ, like, takes his pinky finger and puts it in my ear. And I turn around, I almost, like, slap him in the face. Because he does, like, childish things like that just to try to get on, get on your nerve, right? Like, just childish things. And then this guy goes, RJ, my wife... My wife wants to talk to you. He's like, don't worry. I'm already texting her right now. Like, just send it to a random fan. And you're like, damn, bro, this is really who you are. You're just, you're just really a jerk all the time. All the time. And so we have these debates. And it, look, RJ's my boy because obviously he want to chip with Brian. But, like, <laughs> I have this little weird emotional leverage over him because we beat them in the national championship game in college. Right? So he's like, wow. oh, yeah. Like, he'll wear his, like – his NBA championship ring or all his awards. But I'm like, yeah, well, we got you guys for that chip. Or I set up like a fake interview where I literally hired somebody to come in outside from ESPN to interview him about his, um, his yoga studio. He owns a yoga studio. So we did like a whole fake interview and he got pissed off. He threw my phone, broke my phone. <laughs> so like we, we always get in arguments. And then like when we get an argument on air, He'll try to keep arguing with me on air, and I just don't pay attention to him. I just stare at the wall. Like, so <laughs> it's, it's real life. This is – and, like, my thing is, like, we're just going to show it on air. I feel like, oh, you guys don't like each other. I'm like, you're damn right we don't like each other sometimes. A lot of the times. Other times I do love him, though. He's my boy. But he's that's my boy that I love to hate. It's, it's all a respect thing, but I think that's the closest friendship is the one where you can tell someone to their face, like, I literally hate who you are. I hate everything about you, but you know it's all love at the end of the day. All love, right, man. All, um, love. all right. It's like Ben yeah, and Joel. It's like Ben and Joel. <laughs> no, it is nothing like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to let you go, but I, I have a request before you go. So the, the media and – we're all parts of the media to a degree. You get some TV time. We hang out behind a microphone. But I believe the media actually does its job in pushing people certain places. Like, I think if you guys keep running the narrative that if Giannis doesn't win a finals, he's going to go. He'll start to start thinking it himself. Even if it's like Inception. You guys are, like, putting that in the back of his mind. So I need you to begin to start something in the media about how Giannis wants to play in the garden. He wants to turn it all around. He wants to make the Mecca come back to what it is. He's going to get the statue. Can you just do you mind? Hey, look, we're, we're always about stirring the pot, man. We're always That's about a good stirring one. the pot. Nicks for and clicks. Nicks for it, clicks. It does. It, you know, I'll, I'll say this, though. Like, I, I hear a lot of times you hear, and you have to balance this while you're on air, like, and without saying names, right? Like, you hear different stories from different people that are close to a lot of people that we end up talking about, right? And, and, you know, like, think about it. So if you guys, if I'm, like, after this show, I'm like, hey, guys, like, I want to buy your pot. Like, I want to get angel investors together to buy your pot. And then you guys are like, oh, I never, maybe we never thought about that. Or, all right, who, who would you sell it to? What, you know, what umbrella would it be underneath? And then, you know, I connect you guys to somebody else, and you're like, oh, we want to buy it. And then all of a sudden you start having all these different tentacles, right? I'm sure you guys have so many have so many conversations not on the mic about where you should go, what gives you more leverage, where you should be, right? So I hear those types of conversations all the time from different guys. So then how do you take that? If you know certain teams are – nobody's like, this team is way off, no chance. But then you're like – you hear conversations from people about, oh, they, they may mention that team, they may mention this team. Like, do you – fans want to hear those behind-the-scenes conversations. Do you, do you divulge those conversations? And then do you give insight into what that player is maybe thinking that day? Because what you might be thinking yesterday is different than what you're thinking today, right? It, it changes so quickly. So, like, I, I will tell you this. Like, I, look, I think Giannis – I think he's going to end up staying in Milwaukee, but how do you not think about what your other options are? How do you not look at the garden realistically – and say, all right, like, what are the pros and cons? Is that James Dolan? Like, could we do – like, I could maybe bring this city back to life. Like, I, I don't know how you don't look at that as a feasible option if you're going into free agency, especially for these guys that want to build conglomerates, man. They want to – like Kevin and LeBron, these guys have built multi-million dollar businesses outside of basketball, right? Mm -hmm. What, what see, better I place to do that than right here in New York? 
I see the headline. CEO Jay Williams recruits Giannis Antetokounmpo to the Mecca. I, I see I'm it. Just, I hear it. I'm just saying, Jack, make the call. Give me the offer, and then we can work on the recruiting package. Okay. So you said so, – so, so, Jay, you said something that really stuck out to me, and I guess I just have a follow-up question. So do you sure. want to buy our podcast? Because <laughs> I'm sure I mean, we can work look, out like a snap – a snapback X boardroom type thing, and you know, take this thing to the moon. I'm mean, saying we're already trying to build some and uh, you guys are crushing the game. And uh, just right? on Texas, better Texas. So we should talk about that. All right. We'll be my Look, I love, we'll be I love how that conversation got really serious, and Abe was like, oh. Oh, uh, okay. Abe's staring at. Well, the funny thing is, we are in a podcast free agency in three months, so Ooh. you really did you did peak our stuff. And but what was funny is like Abe and I do text all the time, jokingly like, "Ooh, we should look at our different options." We don't have a ton of options at this time. I wouldn't say we're a max player. We're like, you know, we're like a Tobias Harris, and he got a max, so maybe we need. Hey, okay, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> but, but it was funny when you brought it up because Abe and I then went from really funny to like, wait, does he like look at our text? Is he serious? <laughs> no, yeah. uh, well, thank you for coming on. That was a fun hour plus. Like Abe was saying, time really does fly when you're just talking sports. I'm glad we got you pacing around. Unfortunately, we got to have you hang out with your family, that wife you just discovered. Yeah, just make sure she doesn't listen to the podcast. We'll all be fine. <laughs> we'll all be good. All right, <laughs> guys. Thanks thanks so much right, guys thank on. you, man. Happy to have you on whenever you want if you didn't stick a massive analytics. Thanks, Abe. I appreciate it. Yo, Jack, I will shoot you a DM about our conversation. We should continue all right. it, all right? Perfect. Thank all you. All right, guys. Sounds good, Jack. Yeah. Take it yeah. easy.